Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We are starting the countdown. So we're at, uh, let's see, we got, this is 90, episode 90, 100 minus 90. We got 10 episodes. 10. We're so almost this there. Is, yeah, we're getting there. So that would so. put us in June? Something like that, yeah. Your wife has the cake recipe picked out? We've already, we're working on it. Actually, on she it. needs to talk to your wife. She, she wants to, to make wife. sure that we got the caramel thing going oh, on. She okay. says, well, just let her do it. I said, Okay. <laughs> we could, but your wife already says she would do it. I know. I know. So anyway, we'll figure it all out. But yeah, we're going to have cake and everything. They yeah. can your wife can make the cake. Stacy can bring the ice cream. And they actually get along together. Yeah, so, you know, for the most it, part. For the most part, what does that mean? Oh, man. Well, anyway, welcome to the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And uh, as you listen to the podcast, just make sure you share it with your friends, Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get the information out. And uh, we're just asking, asking you to keep on just extending the reach as we want to influence as many as we can with the, with the good news of Christ and with uh, the impact of what it means to be a Bible-believing Christian and follow, follower of what the Bible says. Well, speaking of uh, everyday life, uh, I think it's um, marriage is definitely a part of everyday life. Whether, For most whether, of us, it is. Well, even, you know, think about it. It's not just a husband and wife. Yeah. You were raised in a family, most of us, right. whether people are married or, uh, you, know you know, people who are married, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> people are married or you one day will get married or That's right. you were married and now you're able to help people that were married. But anyway, um, we're going to be talking about marriage today and marriage is one of those things that, uh, people have just never, we've never perfected. We, you know, it's, it's, it's more of an art form than a, than a, than a technical thing that you do. And I think yeah. God intended it that yeah. way because he made people so different. So yeah. let's talk about marriage today. Absolutely. So if you're listening today, this podcast is airing the week of Easter. Did you know that Trey? I did. There you go. Because so, this is Holy Week coming up. Starting absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we record this about a week ahead of time. And so this one's going to air about the week of Easter. So Easter Sunday's coming up. You excited? I am very excited. We got lots going on. It's going to be a uh, big day for you. Yeah. And I I, I, I thrive on that. So yeah. Yeah. It's cause, great. Because you, you've kind of been the architect behind our three service extravaganza. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's an extravaganza. Yeah, it's going to be an extravaganza. Okay, so, yeah. so, so I've been, I've been kind of, I don't know what I've been. I think encouraged. Yeah, people have been really concerned about me this Easter. I know they have been. I've been just amazed how concerned. People Every time are. I start to talk to somebody, they say, "And before I go, I got to ask you, how's Pastor Tommy going to go from one service to the other?" That's always the question. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, it's it's hard to explain, but we're going to make yeah, it happen. I, I'm very humbled that people care. Uh, well, <laughs> they, I guess they do. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So I'm going I'm to run from service to service to service very quickly and preach back to back to back. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we actually are starting. That's the issue. We're starting one service at nine and one at nine thirty. Yeah. And every, they say, is that a, is that only a thirty minute service? How is that going to work? So yeah. anyway, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Well, we, I bring that up to say, hey, yes. if you are listening, uh, it is Easter Sunday this weekend. So make sure that you're praying and that you're inviting people. We want to see people come to Amen. faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So just get the word out and and do your best to help it be. 
a wonderful celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. And so here we are, we're coming up on Easter Sunday, and I'm doing something different this year. Uh, usually at Easter, we, we try to, to really focus on one of the Easter texts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the resurrection texts. And we're, we're not this year. We're going to talk about the resurrection, obviously, because Easter Sunday, and that's what we celebrate. And the gospel. And the gospel, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But we're, we're going to stay in Genesis. Uh-huh. We're looking at the latter half of Genesis chapter 3. How are we going to do that? That's a... Uh... That's yeah. interesting. It is interesting, and you're going to find out how. All right, because you be have great. you have a, a wonderful verse in Genesis chapter three uh-huh. that points us right to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Wow! So it's going to be. I think it's going to be an incredible message. What a connection! It, it's going to be, be a great, great connection. So there's no reason to get out of Genesis. Genesis, it, 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 the gospel's right there. Amen. And so we're going to be right in Genesis. And so if you've been around, so we're we're in Genesis chapter three, mm-hmm. chapter two. We covered a couple weeks ago, and man, I don't know, Trey, first two sermons. So I, I told you this. We've talked about this on the podcast even. Um, I preached Genesis years ago at my former church, mm-hmm. and and when I preached Genesis 1, 2, and 3, I think I had seven or eight messages that I preached from Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Wow. Well, that I could see that yeah. you could do that, actually. So when I did it this time, I wanted to, to not spend as much time in those chapters, because if I did, it really would take us 25 years to get through Genesis. So I'm trying to, 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 to and I wanted this time to, to go through and do Genesis one and two and, and just show how it's all, you know, connected one mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. instead of divide up so much. And so, so with that said, I don't know how you felt Trey with Genesis one and two, but I felt like, man, it was, it was drinking from a, a fire hose. No, it, definitely it was, was. A, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so when we did Genesis two, um, we, we talked about, you know, the Garden of Eden and all mm-hmm. that was in the Garden of Eden and, 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 and you know, God's presence there with Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. And, and, you know, you have this passage at the end of Genesis chapter 2 where, where God creates Eve and there's the first marriage. But we really didn't get to spend a lot of time talking about that mm-hmm. because we just couldn't. We were looking at the entire chapter. Right. And so I wanted us to take some time and reflect on those last few verses of Genesis chapter two, because they're foundational for our understanding of marriage. You know, I do want to say that, you know, you talk about drinking out of fire hose, but I got to tell you, and I'm not even saying this facetiously. I mean, there's a lot of thirsty people out there yeah, for that, sure. that need to know the for truth sure. about the foundations yeah, of where yeah. we come from, yeah. why, why we do these yeah. things. It's not just something we just said, Hey, this would be a cool thing to yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, foundational in the word of God. So, yeah. So, but since there's so much, we're trying to use this podcast for the next few weeks to mm-hmm. kind of help us to think through some of the issues that we're just not able to cover yeah. in great detail as we walk through the book of Genesis together. And marriage is one of those big issues that we just weren't able to cover in great detail just because of the pace in which we're moving through uh, the book right now. Uh, so this is a big deal. So Trey, you and I, we're both married. We are, and I've been not married. Not to each other, uh, but to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we might need to talk about that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's true. And You've been uh, married for how long, Trey? This year will be 39 years. 39 years. 39 years in, four. in about a week. Okay. Uh, a, month, a month. A month and a half. Yeah, and, a month and, and, and a half. In May, yeah. Stacy and I will celebrate our 13th wedding anniversary. So we're, we got a way to go before we catch up with you guys, but we're... we're three. T- we've been married three times as long as y'all have. Does it feel like it? Actually, it doesn't. I mean, I, I think back. I mean, yeah. to my wife, it probably seems like five, five. Well, okay, we're getting some uh, <laughs> input from our producer, but uh, anyway, uh, but well, it it has been a wonder. It has been a wonderful yeah. thirty nine years, yeah. and it just seems like a snap of the fingers. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But what's well, um, interesting to me when you look at Genesis, and we we brought this out a couple of Sundays ago when we talked through the passage, is that 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 marriage really is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. So when Adam was in the garden, the garden of Eden was, was perfect. Mm. I mean, he had everything he needed. He had uh, work, God given work that was, that was glorifying to God, worshipful. Um, 
He had everything that he needed. He had the presence of God. I mean, just you think about chapter three, God walking in the garden with Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve. That's pretty significant, you know? So perfect fellowship with God. Uh, Adam, as far as he knew, life was good. Mm. And then God looked at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm. Adam, this is what blows my mind. Adam did not know he was alone. You ever thought about that before? Uh, that's great. No, he, he, I guess I didn't. For him, even, for him, didn't I mean, put that together. Yeah, for him, life was just grand. I mean, how? Why would it not be? He's in the Garden of Eden with everything he could ever want, and God is with him in the Garden. That's that's pretty good life. But God decided to give him more, mm. right? And that more that He gave Adam was a woman, a wife. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So yeah. when you think about marriage, just based on what I read mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter two, just the, the way that God sets it up, mm-hmm. it really is a gift. I mean, it, 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 God looks at Adam and says, I'm going to give you something more. Wow. I'm going to give you a wife. It's a gift. And so what we see in Genesis chapter 3 is, is this glorious, beautiful, wonderful gift that God gives mm-hmm. us, marriage. Um, it gets messed up pretty quick. I'm afraid so. You have so. the fall, and then you have uh, how marriage becomes a struggle mm-hmm. after the fall. You know, when, when, when Eve is the consequence of of their sin is that there's a strife between man and woman. And here we are thousands of years later, and we would say, yes, marriage is still a gift from God. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But man, it's hard. It is. It's one of those things that you, like I said, it's, it's an art form. It is not, yeah, you, yeah. you will never uh, become an expert in marriage. Yeah. And so anybody that says they're an expert is wrong. I'm telling right, you. That's exactly right. And so, so here we are, we're sitting in this room together. And I know that with those who are listening today to this podcast, uh, your, your marriage, or mm. maybe you're not married right now, uh, but for you, marriage, th- there's there's all kinds of stuff for you that goes along with marriage. We have people listening who have gone through divorce. Mm-hmm. It's been, du- marriage has been real tough for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have people who, it, listening, who um, aren't married and want to be married, and mm. for some reason, whatever for whatever reason, they, they just have not been able to to get married, to have that spouse that they desire. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, Trey, um, but I, I was doing a little bit of research as I was preparing for the last couple of weeks, and uh, the average age of marriage now, for for someone to get married for the first time, you know what the average age is now? I want to say, uh, it used to be, you know, uh, I'm going to say 28. 30. For wow. a man, it's 30. Uh, for a female, it's 28. Wow. So you, had, you got the female part right. But, but you think about it, I mean, I don't know, how old were you when you and Kelly got married? I was 22. She was 20. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, I think my mom was 18. My dad was 21. And I mean, we headed to the mission field right after that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. we thought we were adults. I so, mean, yeah. So that's I changed. Back but now you think about it. Wow. Yeah. And, and just a few decades, how drastically <laughs> yeah, that has yeah. changed. I mean, I was 30 when Stacy and I got married. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you, you, you helped bump up, I helped the, bump up the curve. I mean, I, and that was the thing I remember. I remember being in my early to mid twenties and wanting to be married. Mm-hmm. I was ready. I was passionate church. Like, you know, and I had that, that, that sense of, okay, here I am. I'm passionate a church. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to have a wife, right? Because if I don't have a wife, how can I be a good pastor? I, mean, I had all these things <laughs> going through my brain. And, 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 and I remember I was living in Franklinton, Louisiana, uh-huh. out in the middle of nowhere. The pros, the prospects for marriage in Franklinton, Louisiana were not very good. I was going to say slim to none. They probably. were slim to none. Yeah. I'm like, God, how is this ever going to work? How am I going to get, how am I going to find a wife out here? Right. Um, you know, and so, so for me, I mean, I remember having this longing, uh, to, to have a spouse and Mm -hmm. it just, it just wasn't in the plan at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, we have people listening today who are like that, who are longing for a spouse and that just hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And, and so I I recognize that as people listen today, I mean, and, and there are people who may be like you and your wife have been married for lots of years. Mm -hmm. And, but there's some who are listening who've maybe been married for lots of years who, um, who've struggled 
I would say they're, the marriage. they're not enjoying, they're enduring. They're enduring. Yeah. So no one, here's what we know. Here's what we know. No one's marriage is perfect. Mm. It's oh, a that, gift from God. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's a gift from God, but man, there are struggles in marriage. Amen. They can be. And um, well, why don't we talk today about, uh, if we're going to use this as gifts, because I think they are, why don't we just uh, share three gifts that God has given us in marriage? Okay, let's talk through. Now, we talked through this a couple Sunday mornings ago. Okay. So, these are the exact same things we talked about a couple Sunday mornings ago. We're just going to take a little bit deeper. Okay, good. I think we need to, actually. The first one is this. God has given you, so this is the first gift, God has given you a helper because you need one. Yeah. And this is what's really cool. So you think about just the text itself and what the Bible says, that 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 God created Eve mm-hmm. from Adam's side. Mm-hmm. He, he looked at Adam and said he does not have a suitable helper, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, we said this Sunday morning, and I know that most of our audience that listens understand this, but I feel like we need to say it again. You have to understand God's design for marriage. Mm-hmm. God's design for marriage has been perverted in our culture, mm-hmm. God's design for marriage is one man, one woman for life. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not one man and five women. Mm-hmm. And, and that <laughs> happens not long after the fall, right? You yes. see a lot of polygamy in the Old Testament. Yes. Uh, and, and sometimes we're confused. Why, why did, you know, Jacob have two wives, right? He had Rachel and Leah or whatever the case may be. And, 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 uh, and so that's not God's design. That happened in the Old Testament, but it wasn't God's design. God's mm-hmm. design was one man, one woman for life, right? Uh, in, in our culture today, you know, it's, we have, um, you know, a, a culture that celebrates marriage in whatever way you want to express it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it is, um, we're, we're not a culture yet, I think that that's into polygamy, but, you know, same-sex marriage or whatever the case may be, uh, we have polluted God's design. But, but for us as followers of Jesus, the standard we uphold is Genesis chapter two, that mm-hmm. marriage is one man, one woman for life. And as you read through scripture, that standard, it never changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus comes along in Matthew 19 and he's asked about divorce, right? Because divorce right. was rampant in the first century. When Jesus is asked about divorce in Matthew 19, how does he respond? Do you remember Trey? I do. How did he respond? He said, as it was in Genesis, he, he said, he quotes Genesis. Yeah, he, does. he goes back to Genesis and says, no, this is, this is, he didn't this use is the word Genesis. Right, but, right. But he quoted, he, he yeah. quoted Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Yeah. He, he brought them back to the standard that was set mm-hmm. in the garden of Eden. That has not changed. We've changed, we've fallen. Mm-hmm. So we've changed God's standard, simply changed God's standard, but just understanding what it is. One man, one woman for life. And so for me, and I, I, I tell you that to tell you this, um, for those of us who are married mm-hmm. and who are parents, mm. just lifting up that standard before our kids and our grandkids. This is what God desires for you. Mm-hmm. One man, one woman for life, right? But but again, just know what it says. Um, God has given you a helper mm-hmm. because you need one. Can we can we hold up that standard even if let's say we're divorced and remarried? Then how do then we hold up oh, that yeah, standard yeah, yeah. to our yeah. children? What what is yeah. uh, you know what, what is a good way we yeah, can yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, because that, that's that's the story for many of us that we we know God's standard, mm-hmm. but we're sinful, and so mm-hmm. somewhere along the way, the standard for us got messed up. You know what I'm saying? And so so if you've been through divorce, I mean, praise God mm. that there is much grace. Amen. Thank God. Right and and that God gives you second chances and whatever the case may be. And so, so, you know, my thing is, is if, if that's happened to you, mm-hmm. um, if you've gone through the pain of divorce, um, that, that doesn't disqualify you from the grace of God. No, of course not. And, and that doesn't, it's not the unpardonable no, sin. No, it's not the unpardonable sin. Yeah. And that doesn't stop you from living out God's standard now. Yeah. 
right? That, that every day, I mean, and it's not just divorce, it's any sin, mm-hmm. right? When we sin, we mess up. And, but just because we messed up, it, it doesn't disqualify us from grace and it doesn't stop us from living for Jesus now, right? Mm-hmm. We recognize that the past is the past. I messed up. We messed up. It didn't work out like we thought it would. And we, I've confessed that to God. And now, now, now from this day forward, mm-hmm. my eyes are set on Jesus. I'm going to live out his standard. And so just understanding if you've gone through the pain of divorce, there, there's much grace for you. And now is the day to live out God's standard. I heard one, one pastor say, um, that you just start where he found you. Yeah, there you go. In that other words, good. we like can't it. go back and say, well, I'm, I'm going to divorce this husband, go back to this other husband, remarry that, you know, it just, it, it, yeah, yeah. it's not going to work that yeah, way. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you have to start where Jesus found you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Absolutely. But, but here we are, we're this first point, we're talking about the idea of a helper because yes. you need one. Mm-hmm. So when you think of that, the idea of helper, Trey, as someone who's been married for 39 years, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I need lots of help. Yeah, absolutely. even I mean I know we we I joke about this. Somebody says you need a help, and I always ask them if they're a psychiatrist. But you know, <laughs> you know, I, I need help. I yeah. mean, I need help for my. I, I'm not complete. I feel like I am not complete without my wife. Yeah, if that yeah, makes sense, yeah. and I need her to help me. And I I think we've we've um, misappropriated this word to mean something like uh, help means I sit in my easy chair and she brings me my iced tea and my fried chicken while I, while I sit there and that's my help. Yeah, it, it is work so that much. Way, does it? Well, it doesn't, but it's it's so much, it's so much different than yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it is that, you know, I need her desperately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that, uh, some people have lost their wives and yeah. the heartache that they yeah. face, yeah. um, without that person that's there to yeah. come along beside them, yeah. as you said, came out of the side and come yeah. along beside them. So, yeah. uh, that's, I know that was a lengthy answer, no. but that's what a helper is. Yeah. Right? So when we look at Genesis, right from the side, we talked about a couple of Sundays ago, just briefly that, that Eve is not in front of Adam, mm-hmm. nor is she behind Adam. Mm-hmm. She is side by side with Adam. Yes. Uh, so, so this idea of complimenting Adam, right? Mm-hmm. That Adam and Eve are made both equally in the image of God. They are equal before God, right? Uh, but they, they are complementary to each other. And so you, you see this played out, especially when you get to the New Testament, when you get to Ephesians chapter five and, and Paul talks about the roles mm-hmm. in marriage. But when Paul talks about the roles in marriage, I think that, that, you know, what he really is focusing on is, is the spiritual help that God gives us in a spouse, mm. right? That, that yes, our, our spouses are a help just in the day-to-day stuff, right? Helping me to think through things or helping me do this or that. I mean, and just, just partnering together in those things. And that's yeah. good. But when you think about Ephesians 5, I mean, Paul elevates the marital relationships as man. It's a picture of the gospel and it's for your sanctification mm-hmm. that, that, that God uses your marriage to teach you about holiness, uh, to teach you about the fruit of the spirit. I mean, my goodness, uh, you want a place to learn how to live out the fruit of the spirit. Marriage, Marriage is a great place to learn because, <laughs> yeah, because there, there, there's, there's if much gonna, patience that you must learn in marriage and much be, self-control, you know? Yeah. If you're going to be tested at your point of obedience, you will be tested. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, so it's not that God can't sanctify you without marriage. Certainly yeah. he can. Right. Mm-hmm. But he does use that marital relationship in a very unique way to sanctify you, to help you to grow in Jesus. So when you think about, you know, uh, God has given you a helper. Mm-hmm. I really do think about Ephesians five and just what Paul lays out for us as to what, um, it looks like for God to give you a spouse, to help you in the process of spiritual growth. Amen. Yeah. All right. So the first gift is he's given us a helper. Second gift is God has given you an intimate partner because you need one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a couple of things. One, I, I need to say this before we dive into this. So mm-hmm. we talk about the, the helper for just a moment. I, I want you, no, that's okay. Yeah. I want you to listen to this carefully. If you're listening to this podcast, 
some of us are a hurt to our spouse more than we're a help to mm, our spouse. Boy, isn't that true. Right? Mm. That we don't use our marriage as a place to, or we don't see our marriage as a place of spiritual growth that God's using it to grow us. Instead, we try to use our marriage as a, a place to get what we want out of life, mm-hmm. to manipulate and to hurt. So just be careful of that. Um, uh, for some of us, if we were to look at our spouse and ask our spouse, am I a help to you or a hurt mm. to you? You might hear something you don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, so, so just, just be ready. Be ready. Yeah. And, and if that's you, I ask God to help you change I that. I felt like I was that way for the first 10 to 12 years of my marriage. Oh, yeah? yeah I, I just, and uh, Kelly put up with you. Yeah, she did. And thank Praise the Lord, God. you know, thank the Lord. Um, but you know, it, there is, there is a learning process and thank yeah. God I have a woman that was patient enough to wait on me to come and be the man that God called me to be. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Anyway. So here we are, we're talking about an intimate, intimate partner. partner now. now yes. So now we're getting to that phrase that, that uh, Moses uses here in Genesis chapter two, where the two will become one, one flesh. flesh. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yes, it is. So, so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning, this idea of one flesh, that, that, um, that one flesh, right. That, that does get into the issue of sexuality mm-hmm. because the, the sexual relationship that you share with your spouse, that, that is the, the physical reminder mm-hmm. of the spiritual union that you share with your spouse. Amen. Right. Yes. And, and again, I mean, here we are after the fall, sexuality gets perverted. I mean, you can turn on the TV at any given moment and see how sexuality has uh, been perverted. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a design. There's a design that that God desires for the sexual relationship to be reserved mm-hmm. for man and woman Amen. inside of the the context of marriage. Amen. And 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 not only that, but to be celebrated in the context of marriage. Right? That sex is not wrong. Sex is a gift. Sex is a gift given to married people. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the Bible standard. You can agree or disagree. You can disagree with that, but you're wrong, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's the Bible standard that sex belongs inside of marriage. So that means uh, I, I I think everybody understands once you're married, there's this idea of faithfulness, even in our world. You know, yeah. they don't look go- good at people that back away from their husband yeah, or their yeah, wife yeah. in the midst of you know betrayal and those kind yeah. of things. But what about before marriage? Is that yeah, still the I, case? That, absolutely. And I think okay. that's what we need to work on as parents with uh-huh. our kids and grandparents with our grandchildren is is holding up God's design for sexuality, mm. right? Um, you know, I remember um, I remember growing up and, you know, part of the, the things I was involved in with the youth group, like the True Love Waits campaign mm-hmm. and things like Me that. Too. And yeah. those, th- those things were helpful. Um, but just, you know, I, I think some of the shortcomings of... Um, some of those campaigns mm-hmm. was, was sometimes they were guilt induced, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, you're, yeah, you're a failure if you have messed this up, you know? Um, but just being honest with, with our kids and our grandkids that, Hey, this is God's design. And, and if you, if you will, if you will live by God's design, mm-hmm. you can trust that God knows what's best for you and it's for your good and his glory. And, and you're, you're going, you, you are always going to um, be thankful that you were obedient to what God has placed before you. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Right. So, so, um, you know, I, I know that not every couple's story is, is, is that, mm-hmm. and again, but there's grace, there's grace, but I also knows couples that, that there, that is their story mm-hmm. and how thankful they are that their, their story. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that was Stacy and, and our, that was that, our story as mine. Uh, you know, yeah. we were older, right. I was, I was 30 years old when I got married and, and Stacy is the only woman that I've ever been physically intimate with. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret that one bit. 
at all. And they say, and, and what happens now is they say, oh, but you're old. That, that wasn't the way it was. Folks, I came out of the sexual revolution. Right, 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 I mean, right. Yeah. My dating life came out of the sexual yeah. revolution. So, I mean, you had to make a stand and say, yeah. I will be pure. Yeah. yeah. And it was hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it, is, hard. it was hard. It's, not, I, like, yeah, it's not like, oh, this absolutely. is just the easiest thing you've ever done in absolutely. your life either. So but, there are challenges but here's the that point. you have. Here's the point, and here's what we talked about a couple of Sunday mornings ago, is that, that you know, what what you are saying in that celebration of sex within your marriage mm-hmm. is, is I know you. Mm-hmm. I know you like no one else knows mm-hmm. you, and you know me like no one else knows me. That's, that's one flash. One flash is that there's this is a relationship that's so Amen. unique. That, that no one else on earth has this kind of relationship Amen. with you that I have that's with right. you. And, and that's, that's the beauty of, of, of sexuality is we get to express that physically within the context of marriage, right? And, and so, so just a couple of things as you think about this, this intimate partner, mm-hmm. the intimate partner, um, you're kind of this face-to-face relationship, side-by-side, we're, we're together, uh, we know each other like no one else knows each other. Um, you, you think about the, the idea of, um, of um, um, uh, just trust, Mm-hmm. But there is a trust within marriage. Oh yeah, big time. You know, and and I tell couples that I counsel all the time. I tell them this or that 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 your life to your spouse is an open book. Mm. Amen. It might not be to other people, but to your spouse, your life is an open book. So yeah, we talk about I talk about that with count, uh, couples all the time. Uh, couples who maybe have struggled with with infidelity mm-hmm. or other issues. I said, listen, if you want your spouse to begin to trust you again then your life must be an open book to her. So what that looks like in my marriage, I think I know it looks like this in, in, in your marriage as well, Trey, that nothing in my life is off access to my wife. Amen. Amen. Whatever she, whatever she wants to, to know, Mm -hmm. she can know Mm -hmm. Uh, what now I say that now, obviously in in my work, as far as a pastor and counselor, I'm not going to break confidence in, but you know what I'm saying? I do. As far as like my phone, mm-hmm. she can take my phone anytime and look at it. Of course. She can, she can, she can browse my internet history anytime she wants to do it. She can look at my text messages, my emails. Um, you know, uh, we both have the app on our phone, the, the find me app, right? So mm-hmm. she's off in her car. I can look and see where she's at in her car. Yeah. I mean, we can, I mean, I, that sounds kind of weird. We track each other. I'm not, but you know, I, I don't know where she's at. You know, I can just pull my phone and see where she's at. I mean, she yeah. can do the same with me. And I have no problem with that. Amen. I, I want my life to be an open book to her that whatever she wants to see, whatever she, now, now I'll tell you the truth. I can't remember the last time my wife took my phone from me and said, let me see your phone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she's ever done that. I'll be honest with you. I'm the same way, but she's but, welcome to. But she to. knows that she has access to every part of my life. She has my code, so yeah, she yeah, can get absolutely. it anytime. So. My wife, and then we've kind of let the subscription run out, so we need to work on a better plan. But, you know, pornography is an evasive issue mm-hmm. in, in a lot of uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. My wife used to get an email every Monday morning uh, from a particular company that told her all the websites I'd looked at. And I don't mind that. You know what I'm saying? It's good that, that level of accountability that I'm intimate with her, one flesh with her. My life is an open book to my wife, and that's the way it should be. Triple X Church had that. I don't that's know what it remember. was. That's what I used. It was yeah. Triple X we Church. Did, we yeah. did the same thing yeah. for a yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it keeps you accountable, doesn't it? Sure it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> so I hope it this should. doesn't come across the wrong way. It yeah. sure does. But, no, that was really a help. Amen. All right. Well, number three, uh, the third gift is that God has given you. It's not just the helper, not just the independent intimate partner, but it's also a friend because you need one. Yeah. God has given you a friend because you need one. And I think this is what you see in the garden of Eden before the fall, that Adam and Eve are put in the garden to enjoy each other Mm -hmm. and to enjoy God together. Mm -hmm. It was a friendship. Mm -hmm. And over the course of life, uh, you're probably gonna have lots of friends and that's a good thing. Friendship in general is a gift from God, Mm -hmm. but there's no friend 
like the spouse that God has given you, that Amen. person that you share life with day in and day out, that you get to enjoy life with, that you get to raise kids with, all those things, uh, enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? That's why Solomon says over and over again, right? Enjoy the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. For all, I mean, he didn't do a very good job of that, did he? He ended up with 7,000 <laughs> of them or something like that. But, something crazy. Um, but, yeah. you know, but, 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 but he, he, tells, he tells his son, Mm. In the book of Proverbs, enjoy the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a gift. It's a gift. She's your friend. Treat her that way. Respect her. You should respect your husband and enjoy the life that God has given you together. Yeah, I, I, I want to be clear. You know, we can have friends outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, friends, especially as a male, I need male friends. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, but uh, but there is a relationship that you have with your wife that is friendship. That it's, it, here's what I'm trying to get at. If, if your wife is not your friend, then you probably have issues. It's going to be a know? long yeah. life for you. She needs to be a friend as well. And you might need to start working on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, Learn what it means to be a good friend, not just a, a good lover or a good, you know, uh, I want to be upstanding and faithful to my wife, but never got to the friendship part yeah, of it. You yeah. know, that, that that can always be a tragedy. Learn to, to you know, seek out mutual interests and hobbies yeah, together. To exactly. Just whatever. Just be a good friend. Amen. Amen. Make your marriage a lot happier and more um, satisfying if you learn how to be a good friend. Well, Pastor, this has been good. I think that uh, if there's uh, one thing that we can take away from this, uh, you know, they can put into practice starting today. Uh, they're listening here, whether they're married, not married, whatever. What would they be that one thing that we could say, okay, okay this is what marriage we need to strive for? Yeah. I would say the one thing that you need to do is to thank God for the gift that he's given you. You see, I think, I think for many of us, we, we just get into our routine, mm-hmm. right? We get into mm-hmm. our routine. We get into just the day-to-day, whatever, the grind. And we forget that that person that lives in my house with me, who I made a commitment to years ago, is a gift to me. And just be thankful. Thank God for the gift. Amen. Because when you're thankful, it affects the way you treat the gift. Amen. Right? I agree, brother. I agree. Well, this has been good, Pastor. Thank you so much. And uh, why don't you just uh, close us out and get us ready as we prepare for next week. All right. We hope that this has been helpful for you today. And we hope that this Sunday, if you're part of the Northwood family, that you'll be here ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're not a part of the Northwood family, we hope that you'll be in a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this week. Hey, as you get ready to finish up this podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Uh, If you don't mind, leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get the word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.